Welcome to episode 82 of You'll Die Trying. I'm Nathan Morris. I am Jonathan Carroll today. We're going to talk about something that's sad and painful, but we think that it can be averted. The hard and harsh reality of bullying. Ridiculous, unnecessary, cowardice, bullying. A story follows. This is You'll Die Trying. So Nathan, tell us the story about what uh, what you read, what you saw, what you experienced. I woke up on Sunday morning, and I was getting ready for work. We have Christine who is out for vacation. I'm painting the picture. I am working her schedule during this time. I log into Facebook uh, to get you know my morning dose of all things important. That's sarcasm, <laughs> by the way. All things true and all things very vital. very true. And I scroll upon this Facebook status. I will keep the name out. However, I will read it verbatim. This individual, female, writes, and people wonder why I am still single. Normally, I don't blast things like this on Facebook, but I just need people to see what I deal with all the time. I'm fuming. Okay, now, when you see a status like that, I don't like to air dirty laundry on Facebook. I find it to be kind of tacky really, but I see the photo that she has attached and it's a screenshot of a message she's received. Name is blacked out. Which I thought was very classy of her. Absolutely, because you'll see why he says that. This individual writes, thanks for coming out with me the other night. You're an awesome woman, but I have to get this off my chest. I'm not interested in getting to know you more and I'm sorry. The main reasons are because you're a lot bigger than what I like. Maybe if you lost some more weight, and would be so much, you would be so much more beautiful. I know I sound like an asshole for saying that, but I say that as a way to help for dating in the future for you. Oh, that's so nice of him. Also, I'm not going to lie, but you kept saying, what? So much during dinner, and it was really getting to me. I know you have a hearing aid, but aren't they supposed to keep you from having trouble hearing? Again, I'm so sorry to sound like a complete asshole, but I, in the long run, I'm just trying to help you out. I don't expect a reply from you, but I do wish you the best for the future. I mean, I can't tell you how sad and angry that makes me. I was so mad all day Sunday, went home Sunday evening and sat on the couch and I hadn't seen Megan all day and I had to talk about it. I don't know this girl. I mean, we're friends on Facebook. I'm sure she's a lovely girl. Well, I'm pretty confident in that. I definitely don't think that she is deserving of such cruelty. And uh, I just want to talk about this asshole that decides to think that his word is gold and good and he's doing someone a favor mm. by belittling them and making them feel uh, ridiculously insecure, maybe more yeah. so than they obviously have and less than. acknowledged in their status. So let's talk about bullying. Well, the thing about that and, and the the 
deceptively and despotically artful part of what that person did. I, I presume that's a male. Um, is it comes across as being a gesture of kindness, like one of those. I would. I want to tell you this because there are other people who might be afraid to tell you kind of things. So it comes off as being. I'm. I'm. I'm doing this as a favor. I know that it feels harsh, like tough love. Um, at the end of the day, that's what makes it even more sardonic and, and ridiculous and terrible. Is that it's it's masked in the language of helpfulness, which it most certainly is not helpful. Not one word of it is necessary. Uh, not one word of it is kind. I'm guessing it isn't true either, but we've talked about the three gates before. Is it true? Is it kind? Is it necessary? It has to pass through all three. It absolutely does not. Bullying uh, isn't just among school-aged children. It is manipulative, it is coercive, and it's designed uh, to make people feel, uh, as you said, insecure, to make people feel less than. And it happens um, every day in every category of life it is transcendent of all socioeconomic categories. It is no respecter of persons. And you know what I hate about it most, and I want to talk about this with you, is that the bullying lifestyle, and it is a lifestyle, is such a durable lifestyle, meaning bullies almost always win. Yeah. And I think that's the most heartbreaking thing is that person, whoever it is, and I said that I thought she was very classy for scratching his name out. He is, I think, going to walk away from that unscathed. She's the one who's wounded. She's not probably the first person he's ever done that to, nor will she be the last. So he has very few, if any, consequences. Meanwhile, she's left to figure out why this keeps happening to her i it's, it's hard to stomach that her comments from this post are you know many uh, women rallying behind her to acknowledge her beauty and her class and all that and call the guy what he is and i don't think that's fair that that had to happen either it shouldn't take something such as this for these women to have to rally to help try to pick her up off of the concrete, you know? Yeah. It's just, it's pathetic and unnecessary. And if you do this, if you bully, then you are a coward and you are pathetic. And um, I'm, I'm sad for you uh, to a degree, but the other part of me just wants to punch you in the forehead. Honestly, <laughs> I mean, I'm just speaking transparently. I've I've been an advocate for the underdog ever since I can remember. I don't know why I've always been drawn to someone who, you know, would be the last one picked in kickball. That's a dumb, you know, scenario, but that's literally how I've grown up. Mm-hmm. And um, it's I just knew growing up that one of these days, if I were mean to someone, they could potentially be my boss someday. Yeah, I was told that by my mom and dad, and that's always stuck with me. Yeah, could you imagine being a jerk to somebody, and then you go into the workforce, and that person that you belittled was your boss? They would probably make your life a living hell. Anyway, I 
it pisses me off. And if you find yourself, you know, wanting to be a mean girl or, or guy, then, you know, shame on you for one, but check yourself at the door because what you have to say literally doesn't mean to. <laughs> I don't think bullies listen to podcasts. No, they're too dumb to. I think we'd be more likely to be talking to the one in three people who experience bullying than we would be talking to an actual perpetrator. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, they lack pro-social behaviors. They have zero response to anxiety. They have no uh, understanding of other people's feelings, nor do they care. And they're simply trying to nurse their own insecurities. So uh, learning, self-care, um, challenging oneself, uh, being apologetic, being self-aware enough to be like, oh gosh, maybe I do that. That isn't in the wheelhouse of a bully. So unfortunately, we probably don't have very many in our listenership. Good. Unfortunately, meaning it would be great if we did because maybe they would change their behavior and the world would have one fewer bully in it. But I'm, I'm pretty sure we're just talking to those who have been bullied. Have you ever experienced anything like the effects of bullying? Yeah, I mean, I think we all have to a degree, right? I mean, people belittle others so that they can feel greater than mm-hmm. in some form or fashion, or like you said, try to do a fake. I, I don't know. It's so weird and overly narcissistic to me. Yeah, but yes, I have. I mean, we all go through that really awkward time in life, whether it's 11 years old or 13 years old or 15, but there is that awkward time (laughs) where we're lanky and weird looking and we shoot up seven inches in like five months and Mm -hmm. we feel like we're dying because our legs hurt, you know? (laughs) That's That's exactly what happened to me. Me too. Literally seven inches in one summer and my legs hurt so much. I have stretch marks on my knees. That That is insane. Yeah, like my skin couldn't keep up. I remember two specific... uh instances of experiencing the kind of meanness that I think qualifies as bullying. Because, I mean, there are people who are just jerks or they're mean or whatever. Otherwise, nice people, not narcissistic, just they might say something mean. I think that's adolescence. But people who are characterologically uh, dehumanizing Mm -hmm. in the sense that I I would consider bullying. Two times in my life, I remember them like they were yesterday, and they definitely still have an impact on me. Wow. I mean, I still think about it in certain circumstances, not un, uh, not uncommonly. I mean, it's a pretty common occurrence for me to remember it. And I ran into one of them. And uh, Joy and I were in Nashville, and we ran into this guy that I uh, uh, knew. Well, I guess I grew up with him a little bit in high school. And his wife... Uh, and the entire time, all I wanted to say was, you know, you were so mean to me and you said such terrible things to me and I have never forgotten it. And I think about it all the time. Of course, I wasn't going to say that and give him that power, power, right? Any more than I already do. And so it was nice. It was cordial, introduced, you know, my lovely wife to him. And, and uh, when we walked away, and they were outside of, you know, where Joy could catch them in her speed. Uh, I told her, I said, that's the guy. And then I told her, you know, because she knew about. She knew about a guy, but not she, that yeah, guy. Yeah. And she knew the name, but she hadn't, uh, we didn't, I didn't put it together for her. And 
once I did, boy, that was, she was so mad. She probably turned around to try to find him again. She would have in a heartbeat. He's not lying. Yeah, she says often, I hope we see them again. I'm like, yeah, I kind of do too, to be honest. But yeah, chances are we won't. That was a pretty, I mean, we saw them in Nashville, Tennessee. We grew up in Virginia Beach, Virginia. That's a, that's a long way away. So I don't know where he lives. I don't care. Let's talk about that part of it. So for those of you who are bullied, have been or actively are and, you know, this whole turning the other cheek, this yeah. biblical turning the other cheek, is that just a bunch of crock? Or, Can I tell you a story about that? Yeah, I really want to touch on this. And I, I know this is a very touchy matter for a lot of people. Yeah. So let's go. go please tell. So that story <clears throat> is, uh, of course, it was a, a story that, that Jesus tells in some of his teachings. And here's here's... Here's what I think it means. Almost everyone in the Near Eastern first century world was right-handed. To be left-handed would be considered unclean. So you and me are unclean. Exactly. Yes. Uh, you did all your business shaking hands and uh, writing documents if you were literate, which few people were, with your right hand. And you practiced hygiene with your left hand. The word sinister has its roots in being left-handed because of what you did with your left hand, you know, cleaning oneself. So if you hit someone, you're going to hit them with your right hand because it's your dominant hand. So when you're instructed to turn the other cheek, you're now putting the abuser in a situation where they have to make a decision. Your right hand has already gone across the left cheek, right? So if you present your right cheek, the abuser has either to backhand you, which is a sign of weakness. It would be like acting like you were a woman. And in first century world, women didn't have an identity. They were simply property, which hurts me to say, but it's true. It's a patriarchal world. So you either had to backhand in an effeminate way or you had to use your unclean hand, which you would never do because that shames the hitter. It doesn't shame the abuser. E, it shames the abuser. So Jesus is saying, if someone does wrong to you, put them in a situation where they have no choice but to be exposed for their ugliness. Isn't that amazing? So it's not to be taken literally. If you get hit, invite someone to hit you again. It's allow them to be exposed in their own ridiculousness and unhealth by giving them two options, neither of which makes them look very good. I think that's very powerful. Extremely powerful. It's the same thing as when um, Jesus says, if someone um, uh, asks or sues you for your coat, give them your outer cloak as well. Basically, give them all your clothes and be naked because if you're naked, you're actually exposing the shame of the person who made you that way. No one looks at the naked person in the first century world and laughs. They look at the person who made that happen and they castigate them. So Jesus is taking these like weird political and cultural realities of his time and spinning them and turning them on their heads. 
He's not saying, allow yourself to be abused and walked on like a welcome mat. He's saying, position yourself so that whoever's coming against you has no choice but to be exposed uh, for their brokenness and everyone will see their true nature. So what does it look like in this case to expose the ugliness and brokenness of the bully without allowing yourself to be continually bullied? And I think this woman whom you've highlighted did a pretty good job of that. Uh, She didn't expose his name, which probably could have done more damage, but I respect that. Um, And I think it's, you're able to say if, if, if 2 million people had seen or heard that interaction, if it had been happened, if it had happened publicly and uh, face to face, if 2 million people had watched this man speak those words to this woman, 99.9% of those people would 100% have looked at him like a fool and would let him know that he is a fool and would have supported this woman. But because he did it privately, he's able to continue that slow, coercive, and manipulative effort to get inside her mind and make her think that, that she's the problem when really it is he. So she brought it into the public sphere without shaming him, but she's she has gained power from it because he's probably since since followed up with another message to her because he's probably seen that he's absolutely seen it and he's heard and he's saying oh you you to completely took that that is not at all what i meant or i mean he's absolutely backtracking but she has claimed power and there are going to be enough people who know that that's who that is that he has lost power as a result he'll move on to the next victim but at least she put him in a situation where his ugliness and brokenness were exposed, even just to one person. And that, that might've been enough. It certainly was enough for her. What do you tell the person uh, who's being bullied? Um, uh, you talk about this gentleman who actually you said that you've given power to for a number of years and then you run into him and you're probably extremely nice to them. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> okay. <clears throat> I'm in. I'm in public service. Uh, I am. I die to myself literally every single day, even when I don't want to. There are times where I'm quoted saying, and I will be very honest. I am so tired of being nice, mm-hmm. even to people who are nice. Do you get what I'm saying? So, yeah. I don't want to be nice to this person or anybody. You know what I mean? I do. You you do tire of overlooking things, pretending yes. things aren't true. And I think there's, I think both of these, the both sides of what you're saying can be true. I think that we are stronger to quote, kill people with kindness. Yeah. I mean, there's even a text that alludes to that in the Bible in Romans at the end of Romans chapter 12, where Paul or whoever's writing in his name says that you're supposed to never return evil for evil, but always do that which is good and lift up the brokenhearted and give to those who are poor, et cetera. And then he says, for by doing these things, you're, it's, like, it's like hurling burning coals on their heads, which is another way of saying you're killing them with kindness. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's definitely power to that. You're reclaiming power by saying, at least in front of them, I'd, I mean, this guy would not even... No, he would. He would remember exactly. Absolutely. He, he walked away from there and he told the story. It, he told his wife the story and he was like, I feel like a total jerk. 
I doubt that. I think that could be, but I think instead he, in the recesses of his mind, probably not even consciously, would remember, oh, I don't think I was very nice to that guy. But I don't think he would ever say it to his wife. Mm. Because I think that that takes self-awareness. It takes self-criticism and uh, the, the call to reformation. And I don't think he's, I don't think bullies do that. Yeah. So I think it's true that you can kill him with kindness and get some power out of it. I think the other side is true in that it's always the victim who has to be kind. And so what do we do? We make the bully feel comfortable in his skin because we don't call him out. You know, what would have happened if I had said, you know, I'd like to have a conversation with you real quick since our wives are here about what happened when we were in David Lipscomb University at basketball camp the summer of 1990. Gosh, you remember like verbat you remember everything, don't you? Well, it's that's the summer my dad died and I had to leave from that camp because he was diagnosed with cancer. So I remember being there, I remember being in the dorm, I remember what he said and God, it's just so ridiculous. So it would have been pretty powerful I think to address it and say, you know, my my na- nature would have been to excuse him because of adolescence or ignorance. And I don't want to do that. I don't want to uh, give him reasons or excuses to claim before he just is held accountable to his actions. So I didn't, and I wouldn't do that to someone. I mean, I'm not going to become him yeah. to try to beat him, you know, but we've, we've talked about it. We talked about it just recently. I mean, that was, that was probably a couple of years ago that we ran into him, but we just talked about it recently. What I am so frustrated about is that bullies, especially adult ones, and let us not be fooled into thinking that bullying happens only in middle school. Right. Uh, because a bully in middle school will be a bully as an adult if they don't get some serious help or intervention. Probably the fact is that when they were two, their aggression was never corrected. And they were allowed too long to sit in that age-appropriate narcissistic fix. And so as a result, they've become very narcissistic and very aggressive. And they believe that since no one's ever corrected that, that that's right and true, which is really scary. But my problem with it is as adults who continue to bully, rumor-mongering, gossiping, flat-out telling lies about people— even to the extent that they themselves believe those lies. So they're very convincing in their telling of them. Mm-hmm. Pushing uh, their weight around if they have any, um, you know, whatever it is, they always, in my experience, get what they want. Because people either are afraid of them, don't want to be victim or be the next subject on the rumor mill, or they just don't want to deal with it. I would say that most people just uh, n- uh, don't want to. What was the first one you said? Don't, scared of it. Scared, don't want to be the next scared of, subject, yeah. and and they are. I don't think it's that they don't want to be the next subject. I think they're just scared. Yeah, they're just scared of it. You know, I, that's what I totally believe. And people can be so dismissive. They're like, you know what? I'm not even gonna deal with it. That's just that person. He's ridiculous. I hate when I hear, oh, that's just how they are. Oh yeah. That's, that's part of, that's <laughs> part of that, that, oh, that psyche is, this is who I am. Yeah. I know, yeah. I know a bully in their seventies. 
just a utter bully. Yeah. Absolute. Get, I want to get what I want. I'm going to be a baby. And and this is the power of bullying too. I mean, I didn't even go to Romp. It's a bluegrass music festival that's held in Owensboro, Kentucky at Yellow Creek Park and uh, bluegrass bands from all over come in. And I think there was 20, I don't know how many thousand, tens of thousands of people there. And uh, rumor mongering is, is tri- I've already, you know, I've already heard things <laughs> from there and I just laugh. I think it's ridiculous. And this is a group of bully mean girls. Just oh, that's yeah. what they've been known as since yeah high school. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's pathetic. I wish that there were a concerted and communal effort to shake those bullies, those rumor mongers, those liars, to shake them down, to remind them of their humanity, to humble them mm-hmm. in a way, in an appropriate way, and uh, you know that that's just not likely to happen because people. They just don't want to get caught up in it. They don't want to get triangled into it. They don't want to wish trouble for themselves. So they just take the path of least resistance and they'll say, well, what does it hurt me just to do this because this is what this person wants. I'm just going to do it. I can walk away unscathed and I don't have to deal with it. Let someone else you know, try to fix that person because I'm not going to. You see it all the time. You see it in restaurants, people bullying Mm. uh, table servers um, or shift managers to get what they want, you know, to get something for nothing. Um, You see it all the time on athletic fields. I mean, there was an incident recently that I actually wrote a column about in our local paper in Lakewood, Colorado, um, where two baseball teams made up of Seven year olds. One had eight. One had thirteen players. One team had eight. One team had thirteen. And uh, at some point, the parents get all ex- uh, up- upset about the number imbalance, and they start hurling insults at the other coaches, and they're cussing. And so, other parents went to the umpire and said, "You've got to put an end to this foul language up in the stands." The umpire was thirteen years old. So, what can what can a thirteen year old do? It's just a little league game and uh, a fight breaks out and like 20 people were involved and there were arrests made. One guy had to go to the hospital with what they thought was a serious injury because he got sucker punched and then beat on the ground and on the other side of the chain link fence, inches away were these little children with batting helmets on staring almost numbingly at this adult getting beaten up and bleeding and crying you think that doesn't leave an indelible mark? And one of those kids is going to say, oh, okay, so that's how I get what I want. Beat someone up verbally or otherwise. Those are parents. So we have a problem. Uh, we are very aggressive. We're very selfish. And I think we don't tend to take into consideration the needs and wants of other people to the extent that we might say, how can this be a win-win? How can I help myself and my family while being helpful to others and to their families? Why does everything have to be a zero-sum, win-lose game? I don't understand that. There are way too many alternatives where we all benefit if we would just give the time and energy to think about it and have a heart that, that cares. I go to a lot of places and... 
you do too, and we go a lot of times together. And what we, I've noticed, is you and I have made it a point to just be overly kind, mm-hmm. interact with, talk to, get to know, how can we help, that kind of thing. And and it's just, it's really sad and frustrating that people don't want to put forth that type of effort. A lot of people don't, they can't, they don't know how. And it's really sad that we're not going to call them f- call them out. Yeah. Our next episode will just be a, a long, comprehensive list of all the people who ever said or done anything mean to two of us. It'll just be <laughs> like those lists of, in memoriam, but it'll be just a list of names of people um, whom uh, karma has yet to visit. But yeah, I know. But isn't it, it visiting them? I mean, I don't know. They have to live with themselves. I don't know. They don't care. They have to look at themselves in the mirror. They don't care. Could they, you imagine? They believe themselves to be right. But oh, well, that's heavy. That's yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know. I think sometimes being right and being good, like I sometimes even jokingly say here, I hate being good at ever you know things mm-hmm. here, like at work, because yeah. it's a burden to carry. Right. Right. So isn't sometimes being right? I don't know. Maybe I'm just coming off the cuff before thinking about it, saying being right is maybe burdensome sometimes. Yeah, I don't think being right matters as much as we, as much as I often think that it does. But, um, you know, I, I, I would like to come up with a creative way of, of ending um, especially adult bullying and of just being able to call people out for what it is in a loving way. I don't know. I mean, it wouldn't be accepted, and then I would be the bad guy because you know I'd be calling somebody out, and that's not nice. Even though the other person's been, can't you do it nicely though? Habitually unkind to other people. I mean, I've, I think so. That's what I've got to come up with. I had a kind altercation a couple weeks ago that I've told you about. Yeah, that was kind. Yeah, I mean, you one can be kind and still speak the truth. I mean, absolutely. Again, if someone is going to mistreat you, be rude or unkind or whatever, I think it's our responsibility to name that. Um, I think we can name it in a way that's constructive. And uh, yeah, and I think you've you've done that recently. You're being... Yeah. <laughs> that's not constructive. <laughs> <laughs> right. But I mean, it, it's sometimes you just have to say, listen, a better way of handling that would have been this. And I would like to invite you the next time this happens to whomever that you would try it this way because the way you did it was hurtful to us. And you know, what they do with that is up to them. But well, then least, they then they'll leave the conversation and go and say how I, how dumb we are and how you bullied them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's true. They turn it, don't they? Bullies are always the victim. Oh god. Yeah. The perpetrator is the victim. I don't know if I'm more mad or not now. I'm t- <laughs> Yeah. We haven't helped ourselves. No, have we? we haven't. I do think though that the positive uh underpinning to all of this is that we first of all we most all of us know what we're talking about when we've experienced this, whether we were in middle school, high school, college, our first job, or now. Some people have been married to people like that. Yeah, wow. Imagine how hard that is, right? So the positive underpinning is we don't have to sit idly by and wait. We can come up with constructive and helpful ways to expose the brokenness of those who would threaten or undo us in in a way that doesn't allow us to become like them. Because I don't want to be mean 
to show how being mean is wrong. That's like capital punishment. It's like murder's wrong, so we're gonna kill you to prove it. That doesn't really make sense. So I don't wanna be mean to someone to prove that being mean isn't good. I would rather be able to do it kindly, thoughtfully, even with care. Like I care for the person who's underneath those layers of insecurity. Mm-hmm. Somewhere in there is the image of God. And I wanna, I wanna address and speak to that part of them. So I don't wanna speak to the bully in them. I wanna speak to the human in them and let them know, I understand that you're in pain. You may not, but what you've done and said is unhelpful and unconstructive and, and quite hurtful. I'd like for you to reconsider whether you do or not is not my business. It's a great point that you made is that underneath, behind the bully, behind that is so, is someone that is made in the image and likeness of God. There's somebody. And they're just hurting. And they are hurting. Yeah. They really are hurting. I think it's our job. I think it's your job who are listening to to call that in a loving way, whether you want to be loving or absolutely have every right to not be. Really, truly, let's be honest. But yeah. it's it's important. It's critical. I want to, if possible, uh, Jay, end on... Um, a note to the bully because I'm going to be hopeful that there are someone uh, mm. or someone that are bullying and have bullied. Uh, I just have a thought and it's nothing really profound. It's just um, you're mean and you know it and you're sad and you're, and you're lonely and um, you become hardened because of something or someone. And that's, that's regrettable. And I think you should check yourself and realize that the impact that you have on those you hurt is um, insanely powerful. I mean, from 1990 to 2019, Dr. Carroll can still recall where he was when he was and, and uh, to the individual. So um, you're, you're, I'm going to say this, and uh, I... You are thought of, and um, I don't feel sorry for you, but you are thought of. And uh, if you want to do harm again, then we'll just do another podcast about you. <laughs> That's what I have to say about that. We'll become that. more and more specific every time we do. Yeah. Well, another thing I want to say to Please. end on is that we all of us are very resilient. Mm. And that's one of the most beautiful traits of the human being is how we can rise up and... Uh, transcend our circumstances and be better than we ought if we had been left to be the product of our circumstances. We are resilient. And I know that anyone who has ever experienced meanness and cruelty, unkindness, or even bullying has in one way or another been able to rise up above that, not without scar, um, but that's okay. I mean, scars remind us of where we've been. And I think we need to be reminded of that sometimes to be reminded also of the fact that we're not still there and we have, we have risen above. So here is uh, cheers to our resilience and our ability to never let, truly never let those who have hurt us uh, to win because it isn't about winning. Uh, it's about learning to love ourselves and to be loved by others, which is not always easy. Um, to love us, ourselves or to allow others to truly love us, especially when we're wounded. So uh, here's a shout out to everybody who's ever experienced pain and has risen above it, has learned to love and has allowed her, herself and himself to be loved by others too. We are better 
than we think sometimes. And uh, thanks be to God for that. Amen. And to the uh, lovely lady who uh, rocks were thrown at, I, I just want to tell you that uh, you are absolutely beautiful and incredible as you are. This is episode 82. This is uh, Jonathan Carroll. This is Nathan Morris. And this is Yule Tide Tribe.